time to meet the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. This is the Pipeline Podcast, presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre. Welcome to the very first episode of the Pipeline Podcast in the year 2023. I'm so happy to be back with you. I'm really excited for this week's episode. We're going to go in a little bit different of a direction, which I'll get to in just a moment. But all things considered, I'm really eager for the outlook for this podcast for the year 2023. Not only do we still have a lot of prospects in the Blue Jackets organization right now that we have to get to know, but think about the 2023 NHL draft to come. Maybe one of the deeper drafts in recent memory, at least that's what everybody's saying going in, and I'm sure you've had your eye on the World Junior and seen what's going on there. Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson... There's a lot of intrigue, and the Blue Jackets have a lot of picks in this coming NHL entry draft, so that means even more prospects that we have to get to know in the year 2023. I can't wait for that. That's one of my favorite parts about working for the Blue Jackets, learning more about these prospects, getting to know these players very young in their Blue Jackets careers, and watching them continue to develop, come up through the organization, make their NHL debut, score their first NHL goals, become huge parts of the Blue Jackets' success. You see where I'm going with this, right? I don't I don't want to get too carried away because I know we still have this season to finish up before the draft even happens, but you know what I'm talking about. It's uh, it's exciting times. We get to know a lot of different Blue Jackets prospects, and there's more coming on the horizon. But back to this week's episode and what we're talking about here, we never talk about the Cleveland Monsters as a whole, do we? We maybe talk to a different Monsters player here and again. This season, for example, we talked to Marcus Bjork before he made his NHL debut while he was still a member of the Monsters. So I kind of got thinking and I said, you know, the Monsters are a really important organization for the Blue Jackets. They're their top affiliate. They're in the American Hockey League, just up I-71. And they're a huge launching pad for different Blue Jackets prospects. So many players on the Blue Jackets right now came from the Monsters, right? Just think about it. Like I said, Marcus Bjork, Kirill Marchenko came from Cleveland. So did Tim Burney. Uh, David Juracek, who we already saw, he's with the Monsters right now. Trey Fix-Wolanski is with Cleveland right now. Tyler Angle, uh, Samuel Kanashko, all these players have spent time or are currently spending time with the Cleveland Monsters. So I wanted to get an all-encompassing understanding of what's going on with the Monsters right now, what's gone on with the Monsters this season. So with that in mind, I don't think there's anybody better to provide that perspective then their head coach, Trent Vogelhuber. Trent's a guy that I got to talk to a little bit this past summer uh, at the Traverse City Prospects Tournament, but this is really my first full-on conversation with him, and let me tell you, I think he's going to be a great head coach for the Monsters. This is his first full season as the head coach behind the bench, but he's got uh, a very interesting future. A young head coach in the American Hockey League right now, but he's got a great perspective on the game. He lets his players play. That's what I hear from all these guys that come up from Cleveland, that he loves to let them play offense and it's shown in their play this season. I caught up with Trent a couple of weeks ago, so that's when we recorded this interview, and at that time, the Monsters were hovering right around the top three in the Northern Division in the AHL, one of the top scoring teams in the league, one of the top power plays in the league. They've fallen a little bit in the standing since then, but still one of the best scoring teams in the league. They've still got a really, really good power play, so I think you're going to like this conversation. Lots of good stuff about David Juracek, Kirill Marchenko, Tim Burney, Samuel Kanashko, all those blue Jackets prospects you have interest in. So let's not waste any more time. Here he is, Cleveland Monsters head coach Trent Vogelhuber.
So you were officially named the head coach of the Cleveland Monsters this offseason. You got to do some some pretty cool stuff throwing out the first pitch at the Guardians games and things like that. And, you know, I know that you guys were kind of by committee at different times last year. But now that you officially have the reins in your hands this season, what's it been like? Has it been a, a transition at all? A little bit more added responsibility? What's it all been like for you? Well, it's certainly some added responsibility. But um, like you said, last year was a pretty good trial run kind of intro um, where I had a lot of the responsibilities unofficially. Um, but yes, it's uh, certainly a learning curve, but I've been enjoying it. We've got a good group of guys. We have a great staff. Um, so learning a ton, um, but it's been it's been great so far. You guys have had a an eventful season so far in Cleveland. I'll say that different players in and out of your lineup. The Blue Jackets have have taken a lot of the different Monsters players at times this year, but you guys have managed to hover around right around that top three spot in uh, the Northern Division right now. What's kind of the identity of the Monsters with all that change? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about is to have guys go up and get opportunities in the NHL. So certainly happy to have um, a ton of the guys, a ton of the guys get those opportunities. uh, And some of them are still there, which is great to see. Uh, So it's been fluid with our team, obviously, with that being said. And um, we've got a lot of talent on our team, offensive firepower. We've been scoring a ton, um, you know, and and as you get with a young team, there's some inconsistencies uh, from week to week, from game to game, even from period to period that uh, we're going to work through. And that's going to be a process. But our team, uh, our team can play with pace, can score off the rush. We've had the number one power play in the league for most of the year, which has been um, obviously gotten us gotten us some wins along the way. So it's been really fun to be a part of. Uh, The most important thing is we have a really, really good group of guys. They come to work all the time. They enjoy being around each other. And it makes makes it fun for us as coaches to come to the rink every day. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, just how much fun that you and the staff are having up in Cleveland, because everybody that I talk to, and I like a lot of your players, I've talked to a number of those guys over the course of their careers in the Blue Jackets organization. And for me, I think it's just such a fun team. So many young players coming together, mixed in with that veteran talent that you guys have. And I'm sure it helps out that you have those veterans as well. But as much offensive firepower as you have, you talked about it, the number one power play in the AHL this season, just how much fun has it been? I'm sure it's frustrating at times. As you said, you'd like to keep the puck out of the net a little bit more, but there's a, there's a lot to like about that monsters team, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there's no dull moments. We, we can score. And I mean, our, our most recent game, we came back from four goals against the number one team in the league. So uh, with that offensive firepower, we're never out of it. And we proved that. And, it's um, it's been really exciting. There's like you said, offensive firepower that can can do things um, where in a game that kind of could go either way, they can go down and score a goal and you get the win. So um, uh, exciting to be a part of uh, and definitely some things we need to continue working on um, defending our penalty kill had a rough start. It's found some footing now, which is great to see. And just teaching these guys the consistencies of it. You can, we, there's periods where we look like the best team in the league and periods where uh, you kind of float along. And that's to- completely expected with, you know, basically a college age group of, of young men. Um, and it's a process, but uh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there, uh, continue to building. But at the end of the day, um, we have the ability to score, which is something you can't really teach. It's, it's hard to coach that. So we'll be able to work through the rest of it together. 
What's your philosophy when it comes to coaching that offense? Because everybody that's come to the Blue Jackets that I've talked to, whether it's Trey Fix-Wolanski or Carson Meyer, a number of other players, uh, Brendan Gauntz, for example, you know, they all, at the time of their call-up, they were some of the leading scorers in the American Hockey League. And we've asked them different questions. You know, why are you having so much success this season? What's led you to have this success? Are you more confident? Yada, yada, yada. And everybody says that you just allow them so much offensive freedom and allow them to be creative and make plays. Is that kind of your whole thinking going into this season as you look at that roster and, you know, you see the guys that you have and there's no choice but to let them be creative and make those plays? Uh, it's yeah, it's their. I mean, it's our asset as a group and them as individual players. And, um, you know, I'm a young coach, but one of, one of the things I never want to do is stifle uh, their God given talent. Uh, that's what makes it fun for them. And I want them to come to the rink and have fun playing games. So um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I hate the word leash, but put a leash on some of these guys uh, offensively. But there is an understanding of um, time and situation in games when you can be more creative and when you have to uh, maybe punt to live to play another another shift down the road. And that's something we've learned the hard way at times. Uh, but I'm not going to I'm not going to tell good hockey players to inhibit their, uh, you know, their abilities on the offensive side. It's it's fun for us to watch. It's fun to have on our team. It's fun for them to play that way. Um, but there is a process, as I said before, of us learning as a group and those individuals of, of when they can, um, you know, use those talents and when there's times and situations and games uh, where, um, like I said, they should live to play another day, but um, I'm glad, I'm glad that they feel that way. That's uh, important. That's an important, uh, you know, aspect of coaching for me. How have you guys managed to stay afloat the way that you have? I know it's early in the season, but there have been so many call-ups of key players on that team. I mean, I think it says a lot about the veteran leadership in that room. And then your coaching staff as well with Mike Havlin and Mark Latestu, obviously that, you know, you guys are in the race right now, despite being stripped of a lot of your talent at different times this season. Yeah. Well, I, that's the nature of the league. Um, everybody, everybody goes through calls up, call ups, injuries in the American league. You're, it's not only injuries with your club, it's injuries with a team in a totally different city that'll affect your roster. So you can't dwell on that. Uh, you can't lean into that as an excuse. It's not an excuse. Everybody deals with it. Have we been at the far end of the spectrum maybe so far through the first few months? Maybe. Um, but there's other teams in our division that are right there and uh, across the league. So that's no excuse. It's not It's not. It's something we don't talk about at all. It's um, next man up mentality. And we got to play the same way regardless of who's in that, who's in that lineup. So um, we don't spend a lot of time on that. Uh, we try to go about our business, uh, help the players that we have on our roster uh, day in and day out to be better players, help our group to come together to have success together, um, regardless of, like I said, who, who's there. As you mentioned, it's the nature of the league, right? It's a developmental league. You want your players making it to the National Hockey League. So I got to ask, when you see the Carson Myers or the Trey Fix-Wolanskis or the Kirill Marchenkos get the call-up, how pleased are you for those guys? Billy Sweezy, I knew that that was a big one for you guys too, right? The the room loved when Billy Sweezy got the call-up. So what's that been like for you? Uh, it's, it's what it's all about. It's um, it's dreams being realized and you know, on, on the paper as a fan, you see a, a transaction call up and there's been a lot of them and it's just a call up. Right. But for those guys that uh, have worked their whole lives and in Billy Sweezy's case, he's 26, 27. So it's come a little bit later on to get that call up. Um, you, you, you're you so happy because we're there 
in the trenches with these guys, seeing the work uh, that they put in every day, all summer long, and then every day, all season, before and after practice, during games, wanting video, doing the extra work. Um, it doesn't just happen. And so it's it's the best part of this job is being able to tell guys that they're heading to the NHL. A guy that made his NHL debut about a week ago now has spent the last couple of years with you in Cleveland. That's defenseman Tim Burney. Tell me about Tim's game because he's he's kind of a quiet player, doesn't put up gaudy numbers or anything like that, but he stepped right into the Blue Jackets lineup, and I think a lot of people have liked what he's been able to do. Yeah, he's probably taken some some of you guys there in Columbus by surprise, uh, and this is his second year pro in North America, um, but he played in in the top Switzerland league for a couple of years, which is a that's a man's league over there as well. Those uh, those are uh, grown professional men there, so he had a good taste of it. And last year was a learning curve year for him, playing the 76-game schedule that we did uh, and learning on the small sheet. And uh, he was scratched two out of our first four games in Cleveland because we had 10 blue liners that could come up and and play for the Blue Jackets. And he um, put put a chip on his shoulder. He came back with purpose after that uh, and rose to the top of our depth chart. And Timmy's game is something that, in the American League, maybe he doesn't get appreciated as much as he should because he does a lot of the little things. But when you when you play in the NHL and you do those little things, those little things are big things. Um, and we see that we've seen that every day. And he, he's really turned a corner with his maturity and his consistency through the first quarter of our season. Uh, but it's great to see those little things that he does here that maybe get get looked over uh, to be recognized on the NHL under the NHL spotlight and on the NHL sheet. So not really surprising for us. He, he can skate and he competes at an NHL level. Um, but to see him uh, fit in like he has through the first handful of games has been pretty special. All right, let me ask you about another defenseman in Blue Jackets draft pick, Samuel Kanashko. I think he had a five-point game earlier this season. Uh, he's a guy that's in his first year pro here in North America. What's his game like? Yeah, he has offensive – he does things offensively that, um, like some other guys in our group, you just can't teach. Um, and he can skate, and he, his passing ability is uh, is pretty elite through through traffic and in the offensive zone, uh, and he can jump into plays. And it's been uh, – he's been a pleasant surprise for me having not known him, seeing some of that NHL-level offensive ability as a defenseman. And with young players – um, there's inconsistencies and he, he's learning how to defend, um, just, you know, angling and body position in the defensive side against grown men. Um, so he's working through that he's improving, but at the end of the day, you, you have a good player like that who, who does things that you can't teach. It's pretty exciting. The rest that we can work with and we can, uh, we can go through together with him, but he's already taken strides and pretty exciting to, to have some of that offensive ability on the blue line for us. Yeah. How much did his game take you by surprise at Traverse City? Because he comes over from Slovakia last season to play in the Western Hockey League. And we obviously can't watch him play in Slovakia. And with as busy as we are, we can't watch him all the time uh, in Seattle in the WHL. You catch the highlights on Twitter every now and again. But I was so impressed by his game at Traverse City. And it seems like it's it's really translated to the North American pro style, too. Yeah, there was, there was one play in particular I remember in Traverse City. I think it was on the power play, and he was leading uh, leading the breakout. There were two guys behind him for the double drop. Uh, and he swiveled his hips, and the whole penalty kill and the whole rink thought that he was going to drop it, and then he took it around for a breakaway. 
Um, so re- pretty early on, you could see flashes of that just uh, natural ability with with the puck on his stick, and that's shown up uh, shown up here in Cleveland as well. Um, so that's it's uh, it's been great to see. And like I said, the defending side of things, him growing into his body, um, you know, gaining strength in the weight room, all those things will come. Um, but uh, he's done a great job so far in his young career here. All right, another guy that just made his NHL debut and actually scored his first NHL goal, Kirill Marchenko. You know his personality a little bit better than we do right now in Columbus. He hasn't been here for long, and he's a young guy and a new guy still getting comfortable. But tell me about this guy. I heard a pretty funny story from relatively early on in the season, I think, in Cleveland, where he had an idea for the power play and drew it up. And the first guy, first time you guys ran it at a game, it ended up working and you guys gave him the coach's card and said, all right, Kirill, you're in charge now. But tell me about this guy, both on the ice and off the ice, because he seems like he has a great personality. Yeah, uh, we miss his personality in our room. He's been great. And that story is true. He uh, he saw something at the end of the power play meeting and uh, stayed behind to talk to Mark Latesto, our power play coach, and I about it. And the next time we had a power play, we, uh, you know, it was a TV timeout and went over it on the board with the rest of the group. And uh, within five seconds, Puck was in the back of the net. So he's got a mind for the game, um, on the, which is pretty impressive. And he's, um, he's a glue guy in the room. And that's, that says a lot with somebody coming from a different country their first time in North America. He brings players together, always has a smile on his face and his energy. And the other thing that's been really impressive for a guy like that who, um, you know, is hopeful to play in the NHL this year, which he is doing right now, through the first quarter of our season, he was um, as committed as he can be. Cleveland is my home. These are you guys are my coaches. These are my teammates, and that's all I'm worried about and getting better uh, individually and as a group. And when you have a guy with an attitude like that, you'll go through the wall for him and do everything you can. And he works as hard as anybody before and after in practice, and he wants to get better. And it's not just on the offensive side. He wants to be – an NHL all-star. He doesn't want to just be an NHL player. He's going to push and push and push. So uh, again, it's a pleasure to be able to work with players like that and uh, to see him get rewarded in the NHL with a goal there in the first few games is, is great for him. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And you kind of got that vibe because I remember when he came over from development camp, right? He, that's when he came over from Russia and he stayed here and said, you know what, I want to stay here and, and be ready to go for training camp and be as good as I can be. So you kind of got the feeling then that he was a student of the game and dedicated, but it's awesome to hear that that's continued into the regular season. And and you just have to suppose that's how he is. And my next question, this might be a difficult one, but I'm, I always like asking you guys, he's a special player, right? Does his game remind you of anybody that you've seen in the national hockey league or anybody that you played with coming up? Oh, gosh, Marchie. Um, Well, you know, I've spent the last decade or so plus as a player and coach in the American Hockey League. So um, you don't see a whole lot of guys with a right. skill set like that on the offensive side that stick around there for long. Um, so that's tough for me to say. Yeah, nobody's coming to, my, to mind. But uh, the skills from when I played, you know, I retired five years ago, just over four years, five years. The skill set um, in the NHL and the American League of these guys is just going up and up and up. The things that not just the Marchenkos who are on the power play in the first line can do, but the fourth line players in the American Hockey League, the skill sets they have. Nobody, There's not one player on the team that can't absolutely 
pound the puck with the wrist shot. They can't pick a corner. That was not the case 10 years ago uh, in, in our league. So the skill set's impressive. And sorry, I don't have anybody coming to mind uh, <laughs> no, it's for okay. a comparable for him. He's, he's himself, and um, his skill set is impressive, as you guys uh, will hopefully see in Columbus for years and years to come. No, that's fine. I, again, I know it's a hard question, but I always ask just in case there's there's something in there. But at least when I've watched Kirill Marchenko so far, there's nobody that comes to mind for me either. So maybe he is that unique of a player and maybe he will be his own player in the National Hockey League. At least I hope that's the case. Right. But you kind of talked about it right there. Where is where's the American Hockey League right now? It seems like it's in a pretty good place with the talent. It is the, the young talent that is here. Um there's not, and that's, you know, people who have not been around the American Hockey League, there is not a massive drop-off from the NHL in talent. There's, you know, you have the elites of the elites in the NHL who are obviously on a different level. And then, um, you know, the the bottom half or third of the league, there's not a big drop-off to the American League, especially the top-end American players. As you guys have seen, guys can come and fill in and play their without skipping a beat. And that's not just a handful. There's a lot of guys that given the opportunity would be able to do that. So um, it's competitive, second best league in the world, right? And it's competitive and the skill sets are just uh, the way that the league's come along since my rookie year in 2012. Everybody, everybody can can play. Um, and the offense is up. The power play percentages up, are up. And as a coach, it's challenging because – that's great. And we want those guys to do that. But on the flip side of the coin, as I mentioned before, you're trying to defend these players um, and, and kill their power plays uh, with with guys who are, are inherently skilled players as well. And they have to learn the defensive side of the game because you got to be balanced to play in the NHL and make a career out of it in the NHL. So um, there's lots of teaching on that side of the puck. But as I've mentioned several times, there's when you've got players that do things that you can't teach them, you got all the time in the world to, to help them uh, help them defend and, uh, you know, help their checking game. All right. Got to ask you about the guy that I'm sure all Blue Jackets fans want to know about in Cleveland. How good has David Juracek been this season? Yeah, he's a player. He's a player. Uh, and he came in. I think he just turned 19 a week or two ago, but came in as an 18 year old again, playing against men grown men and um remember the first two games took him took him the first two games to get comfortable and then we went on a road trip and over the the next three games he was uh there were a couple he was the best player on the ice and he's he can um he's going to be a good player in the nhl for a long time and it's he he's got offensive ability he can pound the puck he runs our top power play like which as we've mentioned is the best in the league and uh, he, he's competitive. It's my favorite thing about him. He has, he's 18, 19 now. He's got no problem during the lull of a game coming over to the bench and talking, saying that we need to be better and to, to fire these guys up who are a decade older than him, some of them. Um, and I love that. Uh, that competitive spirit, I'm sure it's part of the reason why uh, the Columbus scouts in front office picked him where they did. That's that's the number one attribute you want in a hockey player is competitiveness and um, hating to lose, which he does. And there's again with young players, um, he wants to be Superman because he can sometimes. So you've got to work. We're working with him to let the game come to him sometimes. And again, you're playing 70, 80 plus games, hopefully through playoffs. So you have to uh, you have to be patient through some of those 
ups and downs. We played three games in three days this past weekend. And that's uh, it can take a lot out of you if you're running and gunning all 20 plus minutes of each game, which he's learning and he's understanding and, and we're discussing with him. But um, the two way ability in his game is going to be something that translates over to the National Hockey League for a long time. His leadership qualities as a teenager is something that's going to transfer over to the National Hockey League for a long time. And he's a good he's a good uh, kid. He's a great kid. Love to have him in the room. So another kid that it's been a joy to, to be around. We saw him in the National Hockey League briefly here with the Blue Jackets. Where's his defensive game at right now? Because it's so hard for defensemen. People talk about that all the time, that maybe it takes them a little bit longer. But as it stands right now, he's just below a point per game place in the American Hockey League and just turned 19 years old. So I'd imagine there's a, there's a lot you got to like about his two-way game, not just the offense too, right? Yeah, and that's, I mean, to, to play in the National Hockey League, he's going to have to defend first and defend well and defend against the best players in the world. Um, so he can defend, he's, and he's grown into his body. He's still lanky and, and skinny, and he's going to fill out as he uh, goes through the next couple of years. Um, but when he he can defend, it's, it's just, um, as I mentioned, monitoring. He wants to jump up and kill the play all the time, which is great. You'd rather have to reel a player back than, you know, trying to get them to play on their toes. Uh, but that's what we're doing. He's learning and recognizing when when the time to pinch is, when the time to be assertive, um, you know, on players coming through the neutral zone and when you can sit back and let let the plays come to you and, and survey before you before you want to jump and kill those plays. And I think that's the step he's going through right now on the defensive side is processing, surveying quickly, quickly before you just want to jump and kill it. And um, I love his I love his willingness to want to do those things. But we're just working through that now um, where he can identify the time and the place to jump and to kill and, and to be assertive in those areas and not run himself out of position because um, he's, you know, seen here and he had a taste in the National Hockey League. Good, good players, if you run at the wrong time, will make you pay. It's in the back of your net pretty quickly. So it's uh, he's right where he needs to be um, as far as his game's progressing. He obviously has the offensive ability. Um, but I want to make sure and we want to make sure as a staff with Mike Haviland, our defensive coach, uh, that when he goes to the National Hockey League, whether that's later this year, next year, uh, that he sticks and he's there. He's there for the long term. With analytics in the game nowadays, there are other ways to you know quantify how good a player has been other than just his you know goals and assists, points and all that. And, you know, there have been different things that I've seen this season where your check's been the best teenage player in the American Hockey League, the best under-23 player in the American Hockey League. I think actually earlier today or yesterday, I saw some analytic that somebody had put together where they had everybody that was drafted uh, this past summer in Montreal, and they worked out a way with their numbers and the way they've played by league, by age, where you can compare guys that way, and he's been by far the best player. His, His rating was 120, and the next best was... 103 are there moments in a game or even at practice where you're kind of looking at your assistants and you're like yeah this guy he's doing some stuff that's pretty special oh yeah yeah there's uh there's plenty of those moments and the, the analytics don't surprise me because he does so many good things with the puck on his stick jumps in the play in the offensive zone across the blue line creating space for himself creating motion which is so hard to defend so th- those numbers uh some of them were aware of and they don't surprise me at all um, 
because he cre- he can create so much while he's on the ice and it's um it's it's impressive again you can't you can't coach some of those things you want to let him play um it's what we're going through now is limiting um you know for example expected goals against while on the ice because the expected goals for are going to be high at this level um and as he progresses at the next it's it's limiting without stifling that it's limiting the expected goals and the chances against um uh and but he like as i mentioned he's right where he's progressing right as he needs to he's as coachable as they come and anybody uh with that kind of competitive spirit and hard to play against can play on my team any day all right where do you want to see the monsters go this season you're not quite at the halfway point it's still early in the year but what are kind of the next steps for the team this year and where do you want to see your group go yeah the next steps consistency there's been um there's been times, and I talked about our last game against the team with the best record in the league, Hershey. The first period of our last game, we were down 4-1 after one. And, you know, one of our, if not our worst period of the year. Uh, the second period, we tied the game up 5-5, if one of, if not our best periods of the year. So um, it's on me. It's on me as the head coach to, to find some consistency with our group. But it's also a process with the, uh, you know, the maturity level that we have um, moving forward to do it step by step. We're not going to fix it in one game or one week of practice. It's it's getting them to understand how they can play, why they had success, why we didn't in the first. Um, so consistency, consistency is, is the big key for me because we've shown we have the ability to do it. We've shown we have the ability to uh, be one of the best groups in the league and um, again, consistency partly is, uh, consistency with our lineup, which maybe you never get. And that's another challenge that comes with the league. Uh, but again, that's my responsibility to make sure the guys that are here, um, are doing it the right way far more often than they're not. So just tilting that scale of, uh, rather than 50, 50, you know, getting it to 60, 40 and ultimately getting it up to a level um, where you can win playoff hockey games, where you don't have lulls like that. When they do come, you can, you've got the maturity in, in your group to nip them in the bud right away and get back to playing your game. All right, Trent. Well, that's all I got for you. I really appreciate the time. It's been great to see the Monsters have the success that you guys have this season, and best of luck going forward. I want to see you guys in the playoffs, and I want to be able to get up there to Cleveland and watch some playoff hockey too. Uh, that's the goal. Come anytime. Hopefully uh... – when April, May rolls around, we've, uh, we've got our group where they need to be. Huge thank you to Trent Vogelhuber for joining me on the Pipeline Podcast, and I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I thought Trent was very honest in his evaluation of his players and kind of where his team is at right now, and I hope for the best for the Monsters this season. I want to see that team make the playoffs, and I want to see them really have success in the playoffs. There are some intriguing prospects on that team that I want to experience those big-time games. David Juracek, for example, we talked about Juracek at length, and the praise is there, and We've seen what Juracek's been able to do in the World Juniors. He's maybe been the best defenseman there, and if he hasn't been the best defenseman, then it's been another Blue Jackets prospect on the exact same team, Team Czechia, and Stanislav Svozl. He's a guy the Blue Jackets selected in the third round a couple of years ago now, and it's just good to see, right? You want those Blue Jackets prospects having success, 
in the success that Juracek is having as a 19-year-old at the American Hockey League level playing at a point-per-game pace at a difficult position for a young guy to play like defense is really, really promising. So it's great to hear that high praise from his head coach in Trent Vogelhuber and not just Juracek, but talking about some of those other players as well. So again, I really hope you enjoy that conversation. I love talking with Trent. That won't be my last chat with Trent, by the way. I got to pick his brain a little bit more about the game of hockey. So uh, expect a little bit more from Trent Vogelhuber in the future. I want to say a great big thank you to him again one more time. And as always, thank you for joining me on the Pipeline Podcast. I'll be back with you soon.